listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening to us today. Um, If you are listening to us in the future, uh, we are recording this podcast on July the 1st, 2020. It's just about uh, COVID-19 time. And uh, although things are lifting a little bit and people are doing more fishing, we're still kind of in the midst of this. And so uh, give you an idea of when this particular podcast is being, uh, uh, being recorded. Today, we have a great guest. I'm really excited to talk with Pat Abel. And Pat Abel has Pat Abel Guide Service in Tillamook, Oregon. If you know on a map where Tillamook is, it's on the northern coast. And he's smack dab in the middle of uh, salmon and steelhead and sturgeon um, uh, fishing up in his part of the world. But I'm not going to steal any more of his thunder. Pat, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how are you, Pat? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Well, terrific. Terrific. How's uh, how's fishing been in the Tillamook area the the last few weeks? You, you know, it's been kind of hit and miss, to be honest with you. But it all depends on the tides. Um, uh-huh. If we have the big, big minus tides like we're we're having right now, it's a little tougher to fish on them. But when yeah. we have the little softer tides, it it uh, it's been productive. Awesome, awesome. And it and it's salmon season where you're at right now, right? Yes, it is. It's uh, we're just wrapping up the spring Chinook salmon, and then uh, the ocean coho just opened last Saturday, so that that should be going into full swing here in another week or two, and it'll last all the way through um, October. So it wow. should get really good here in another month. In August, it's usually really good out here. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Terrific. Hey, Pat, just tell us, uh, give us a little of your background. Now, you know, how old were you when you started fishing and, and how in the world did you get into the guide business? Well, um, I've been fishing most of my life. Um, I'll just kind of start out real quick here. I, uh, I had a stepdad and I was probably 14 years old and he was one of those old school steelhead bank fishermen. And he, every Saturday, he wanted to come down on the Wilson River, which runs through Tillamook and into the bay for steelhead. Right. And um, he always wanted me to go with him, and I just dreaded. You know, I wanted to go out and hang out with my friends, and so I'd go with him. And it was raining, it was cold, it was miserable. I just sat in the car, and so one day we came down here, and uh, we we're bank fishing, and I hooked a steelhead, and it hooked me ever since. I have. Just steelhead fishing is my favorite, and uh-huh. um, and it's I haven't stopped since. Oh, and that's how cool. I got in the business, how I got into this business is, you know, I had a, a precision sheet metal fabricating company. I was a partner in it, and uh, which I really oh, enjoyed. And I used to take my customers out fishing, and so finally one day I decided, you know, I'm going to try and make a go at it. And so I started out, and um, build up my clientele and haven't looked back. Wow. It's been good to me ever since. Are you still in the precision sheet metal business? No, that was uh, 17 years ago. I ended that 
Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, with those skills, I'll I'll bet you've got a really tricked out drift boat. Um, Yeah, it's got some nice little toys on it. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, uh, Terrific. Terrific. Well, uh, for for those listeners that um, are not familiar with Steelhead, uh, Steelhead are just a a kind of basically a sea-run rainbow trout, are they not? Yes, they are. Yeah. And and, and in your... um, Go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to ask in your area how how big do they get? Um, they 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 usually run anywhere from eight to twenty two to twenty three twenty four pounds. Wow! Now Earth. what we do, what we've been doing here on the Wilson River, is uh, about eleven twelve years ago we started this program called the Broodstock Program, and you can't keep a wild fish. They they can only be a hatchery or a clip fish. And um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the guides, including myself, uh, we collect these wild fish, we put them in aerator tanks, and then we drop them off at the hatcheries. And then the hatcheries, they they, um, live spawn them, and then they release them unharmed, and they take those eggs and they uh, fertilize them, and then they hatch them. And then... um, they uh when they become fries they clip them and then in the next year they release them with a tag in them or i mean they release uh-huh. them uh clip now that now they're a hatchery fish well i'll be darned i'll be darned that yeah uh, so it there, sounds yeah, like it's been very productive huh? it is it is the survival rate on a on a brute stock we call them a brute stock fish because um they're they're from a wild family but they survival rates a lot higher than a hatchery raised fish mm-hmm. so they they typically they typically come back as you're in your teens you know you would say the 15 to 20 pound range wow really yeah well, it, it is it's an awesome awesome thing now do you fish those in tidewater or freshwater or where do you find them no we don't uh we fish them right here in the rivers so we're in a drift boat. We're going through white water and things like that. And we just fish pockets and seams where these fish will lay. Uh huh. I'll, I'll be darned. Out of the drift boat. Yeah. And and a drift boat for those that um, are, are not familiar is uh, kind of a modified rowboat, is it not? That uh, actually with the with a history that started in Oregon. Yes, it did. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, built and designed to row through white water and through rapids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's a big rake in the front and, and uh, yeah. a bow that kind of rakes in the back and, and there's an oarsman in the middle and um, yep. it, they're, they're a cool boat, you know, back in the, well, I'm going to date myself. Gosh, in the early nineties, I built two wooden drift boats when I uh, lived down in the Springfield area in Oregon and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, had those on the river all the time man that was so much fun i mean and uh, mm-hmm. thing is that you can fish so many different places with a drift boat that you just can't get to from the bank or you know a, a boat with a motor on it and that sort of thing right 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 but, and uh, back in those days they were making them out of wood and i believe a lot of those kits were the mckenzie river uh, yep. wooden drift boat kits and mm-hmm. uh, now we've come to fiberglass and now we've come to the aluminum so right yeah it's come right. a long ways 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So in, in regards to steelhead, um, uh, how many months out of the year can you fish steelhead in your area, Pat? Well, we have a summer run, um, but we, we wouldn't be able to run the drift boats. It's basically uh, bank fishing and uh -huh. fly fishing for summer steelhead. And then in the, uh, like around November, December, when the rains come, then the rivers, you know, will start, will be on the rise. And, and then we're fishing, we call it the winter steelhead. And typically I fish from January 1st through the first week of April for our winter steelhead. And as I recall, that's a little bigger fish, isn't it? Than what's available in the yeah. yeah, 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 it, yeah, uh, it is. So if you, so if you've got a big enough jacket and and gloves, and you probably have a heater in your boat, then that becomes a, a pretty comfortable day, does it not? It is, and I do have a heater in the boat. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll pull over and we'll warm up when it's chilly and rainy. You know, we'll warm up and then we'll start fishing again. Yeah, yeah, well, and it's very an good. all-day, all-day float. Mm-hmm. I'm. How many miles do you float in an average day? Well, here on the Wilson, uh, what we've been doing a lot of the guides is uh, we put in, and we'll float the first probably six miles, take out, and then we have a shuttle, and then we float the river again. Now, if I see a, a pretty decent amount of fish being caught on my first float then I'll float it again. If I don't, then I, I have another river, the Trask River, which is only four miles from, from the Wilson River. Or oh, wow. I'll even drive all the way up to the Nestucca, you know. So we have three really good productive rivers. Uh -huh. But yeah, we'll float, we'll usually float twice. Oh, really? Oh, no kidding. So you'll take the boat out, uh, what, about noon or something like that? And then um, go, um, go, uh, go on another float? Yeah, usually I'll pull out on the Wilson on my first float around 11 o'clock, and then we'll shuttle over to the Trask River. And then I'll oh, okay. put in, and we'll, we'll probably pull out by 3 o'clock. Oh, wow. Oh, no kidding. That, uh, that's, that's pretty cool to have uh, rivers so close that you can do that with. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's really neat to have that. Yeah. And then your salmon fishery, um, you've got the spring uh, Chinook and then the fall Chinook. And that's pretty descriptive of when those fish are running, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, like I said, we we usually start our spring Chinook salmon. Um, you know, usually by the end of April, they start showing up. And we'll fish on them through probably the first 10 days of July. And then oh, okay. we're in the ocean. Yeah, and we're, then we're in the ocean for our coho salmon. And then our typical fall Chinook salmon will start showing up about the 1st of September. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the ocean fishing, you're doing that out of a sled or something? Yeah, I have a 26-foot uh, Alumawell jet sled. Ah, very and good. It, um, yeah, fishes six people very comfortably. Yeah, those are very pretty roomy. cool boats. Yeah, th those are yeah. pretty cool boats and very, very stable for uh, that type yeah. of fishing. Yeah. Yeah, and I do have to point out we don't we don't go that far offshore. I mean, we're you, you know, we're within 3 miles from the beach just mm -hmm. up and down the coast. Mm -hmm. So it's not like yeah. way offshore. <laughs> yeah. I I've, I've done a lot of halibut fishing and and, and bottom oh, fishing yeah. up in Alaska and in the inland uh -huh. passage 
And so, gosh, it's been years ago now, and a guy called me up, and, and uh, I'll, I'll do a shout-out to Virgil. I'm sure he's listening. But anyway, Virgil and I decided <laughs> we would uh, take a, um, a charter out of uh, a, a, a bay in southern Oregon and go to the halibut beds out there. We got a call the night before, and and the captain said, "You know, we're looking at anywhere between 14 and 16 foot swells. Are you sure you want to go?" Oh yeah, let's go! <laughs> Holy mackerel, that was a terrible yeah. joke. Because <laughs> we yep. had to go, we had to go. It was it was it was seven and a half hours out, and then you dropped uh -huh. over and you caught a halibut immediately, and you got it into uh -huh. the boat. So we went out to seven and a half hours out, fished maybe for 20 minutes. You know, got the fish right, on board, right. and then we were headed back in. And it was a roller coaster for 16 hours. Yeah. You know? I just about yeah. kissed the dock yeah. when I got back. It was terrible. Yeah. But uh, well, you're, I the, can, you're I, just a couple you're, – you're very close, aren't you? Yeah, we are. And I can, I can tell you that uh, in August, September, you know, our ocean is really nice, and it's friendly, and uh, – we even throw the crab pots out for you. And at the end of the day, you pull them and you get to take some fresh crab home on top of your salmon. Sweet. Sweet. And that's yeah. Dungeon. That's Dungeness crab yep. too, isn't it? Dungeness yeah. crab, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at one time, I haven't heard anybody mention it. There was a, like, a, there was, wasn't there a Japanese crab off the Oregon coast for a while? Yeah. We used to call them Japanese crab, but now they call them uh, red crab and, Right. They're, they're they're only the pinchers are the only thing that's really good on them because they're big. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have uh, small skinny legs and um, yep, yeah, they're not like a Dungeness crab where they have the big fat legs. These are small skinny legs and the pinchers are big and they're real full of meat and it's a sweet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but as I remember, if you got caught by that pincher on those things, holy smokes, that hurt. And they got oh, some yeah. power. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. so does the Dungeness crab too. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, now, now Tillamook where you typically fish um, is um, what is it? An hour and a half from Portland, something like that. Yeah. That's a good hour and a half or less from Portland. Right. Oh, okay. So for people in the Metro area or in the Willamette Valley, it's a, it's a fairly easy drive and, for those people that fly in to come and fish with you, they just fly into PDX, don't they? And then uh, yeah, I have take the trip. Yeah, I I do have a lot of out of state people like Texas and Utah and Seattle. They they typically fly into PDX and then they just rent a car and then they drive over, you know, the day before and they spend the night here at some of the hotels here in Tillamook and then um, they meet me at the boat the following morning. We take them out cool. fishing. Cool. Well, Pat, I got one last question for you, and then uh, uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll conclude this. But if if you knew that you had one last fishing trip that you could go on, and this is you personally fishing, not guiding, right? So if you had okay. one last okay. trip that you could go on, where would you go fishing? What would you fish for? And how would you fish for it? I would fish the Tillamook Bay around the middle or the third week of September, and I would be trolling uh, plug cut herring. For that would fall be Chinook. my ideal trip. Pardon me? For fall Chinook, right? For our fall Chinook, and they're the big ones. 
and yeah. um yeah it's it's just it's it's really good i really enjoy it it's uh, one of my terrific. favorite fisheries terrific well uh well pat i know that you're on a on a uh, on a time schedule i sure appreciate the chance to uh, uh chat with you and and it's been a whole lot of fun we'll have to do this again if people would like to yeah. come and fish with you pat how do they get a hold of you um, they can do a, a couple ways. They could either call me. My phone number is 503-307-6033. Or they can uh, go to my website and uh, contact me through my website. There's information there, hotels, pictures. There's a couple ways of getting a hold of me. Terrific. And that's uh, com, right? Correct. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, man, you stay safe and well. Tight lines to you. I, uh, I wish the best uh, in, in 2020 that uh, the remainder of the, the year, I guess it's half over now, almost exactly. Um, and yeah, that the second half of the year is uh, more productive for, for you as, as, as a guide and a fisherman because of this COVID. And, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll see you on the river soon. Okay, thank you, and I'd be more than willing to do this again. I enjoyed it. Hey, thanks again, Pat.